This is 14 Chronicles, episode 20, February 21st. To my virtual left, Jason. Hello. To my virtual right, Angel. Hey. Hey, hey you, that's, it's usually what's up, you threw me for a loop there. <laughs> I was gonna say, I never understood the people, like YouTubers, anyone that starts with, what's up guys? It's like, no one can answer you. Who are you asking? Why, or uh, how's it going guys? I mean, it's, like you're, it's like a conversation with your, I mean, they're literally talking at the camera. Yeah, but I mean, like. You're, the engagement does come later, but. I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't it makes know. sense to me. I guess. I don't know. It just always rubs me the wrong way. There are also people that, like, will not finish the entire YouTube video. And so, like, they will comment based on something that will happen within, I don't know, the first two minutes <laughs> of a 10 minute video. So if somebody goes, like, hey, YouTube, and the guy, like, <laughs> the guy or girl just goes into the comments, oh, hey, like, almost like immediately. <laughs> And not only that, but, but some people, when when they do upload their videos, they stick around for the uh, first couple of comments. So, hey, you never know. True. Who am I to judge the people that also say, smash that like button? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, funnily enough, the, the person that has the best YouTube intros is this uh, Twitch streamer called Nick Merckx. He's uh, one of the top oh. Twitch streamers. But his uh, his YouTube intros, they're... They're all, how do I say this? He has this cadence that he just repeats perfectly throughout every single video. It's almost like it's painful for him, but <laughs> uh, ju- just look him up. Uh, just look up like Nick Merckx and see his first like five videos, and you'll see that he does the same "Hey YouTube" like to the T, almost like it. It, it could probably be the same wavelength, honestly. Hmm. Yeah, I. Uh... I it's funny because I make a conscious choice when we do ran- normal random Nintendo of saying hello and welcome in a slight variation from time to time to not be like, like really? how he's doing it. slightly. Like I'll be like hello and welcome or hello and welcome or hello and welcome. Sounds exactly the same to me. Well, single- yeah, maybe, well, well, listen, deep. Maybe it's one of those things where like it sounds different in my it'll head. Be, <laughs> it'll be a nice Easter egg for the one person that like actually grabs your hello and welcomes. And I hope someone um, goes back and listens to all two hundred. 49 of them and goes huh it is slightly different and not just because the audio quality got better as we understood how to do this over 10 years but but like considering Kevin, if we used to record on a macbook without Dude, any the mics. first few episodes <laughs> literally we sound underwater <laughs> like, oh i we, heard that first episode i i went back yeah that's a uh, oh it's rough it's great let me tell you great analysis great insight rough audio not to our own horn but <laughs> i mean rough is putting it mildly well yeah it's like you're – it was a very, very scuffed. And then not only that, but you guys are also 10 years younger, so your voices are, yeah. are much squeakier than they are now. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, man. I think and, he just undid that statement. Did you hear that really? That was high pitch. <laughs> but, but to be fair, that just might be because of the MacBook audio. I think it probably was. Puberty 2? Yeah, oh. Puberty 2. Puberty Strikes well, Back. I, well, like puberty apparently doesn't I mean, I mean, end until like, your mid twenties. So I guess that was my early twenties. Yeah, and yeah, and I mean voices, and I mean they do keep getting deeper and deeper technically until you like you get way older. It's not like you know, like someone in their forties is going to sound exactly like when they are in their eighties or something. Yeah, it's exactly. Going to sound way different. Yeah, that's true. So voices do change, I guess. Yeah. Just the height typically doesn't. <laughs> I guess it just just I guess you get shorter in theory. From your spinal cord slowly compressing. Oh, is that why you get shorter? 
I didn't go to college, yeah, so the, I don't know any basic information. Um, <laughs> I guess between, I guess in your spinal cord, there are these like cushiony plates that, um, over time, like oh, the little if discs. you measure your, yeah, yeah, like if you measure your height at the beginning of the day, right from waking up, and then measure your height again right before you go to sleep. In theory, you should be a little shorter because you know from being up all day. Like, they compress, and then they kind of, like, you know, expand again when you're sleeping. But, you know, over time and over years, like, they're going to just start getting shorter and shorter. And, you know, maybe that's why you get more back problems the older you get, just because they're not fully compressed anymore. Oh, God, that's depressing. Who expected when they turned on this show to get an anatomy lesson? <laughs> not me. I don't remember where I learned that. Death is coming just... for all of us. <laughs> just We're now. all going to die. <laughs> Well, you know, our time in this world is only so long. You gotta make the choices and whatnot. That's our new little yeah, Timmy for the podcast. Like that's gonna be the running. <laughs> little Tim, you know, everybody's gonna die except little Timmy. Little Timmy will we'll live stay little forever. Way past, yeah, and he's gonna always be little. Live in our way hearts. past when we die. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, I finally, I finally got the chair that I wanted. Oh, I, oh, yeah. What'd you find? So hold on, I'll link it to you guys. Um, so it's this, it's probably this weird, like Chinese brand or not even Chinese brand, uh, Chinese manufacturer that then just, uh, I guess not leases, uh, but I guess just gives the, uh, the form factor to all these different brands and then they just stick their brand onto it. Hmm. So, and I did it with the help of, uh, Victor because Victor was also looking for chairs. So, and it's actually sitting unbuilt in my living room right now. I really wish that I could build it. But That's exciting. So, yeah, so I'll have that to look forward to when I'm off. Chair impressions. Butts on. Chair impressions. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll give it to you guys. But anyways, so look at the second picture of, uh, of that link that I sent you. All right, loading Interesting. it. So it does have the push in the beginning that you mentioned, but... Interesting hollow design. I like that it kind of pushes you from the top. So as to well. to describe it for folks who, because this is audio, obviously, uh, basically, correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, but it looks like it has kind of the ability to do the angles that you were complaining you don't like last episode, but it has an adjustable arm that lets you adjust that angle to be pretty much as rigid as you want or as not rigid as you want. Is that would you say a correct assessment of this picture? Of the second picture? Yeah. Isn't that what it's showing? Doesn't that look like a adjustable thing? The the neck part looks like it's like forcing a slouch, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, you could also. Well, it, the but, good but, thing is that, that can obviously be adjusted. Back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, um, it has an adjustable arm on the back, and then there's a yeah, like the the back yeah, has a back. The back is a separate support back that can adjust the angle of the back that your back is on. Sure, <laughs> I made that more um, confusing. Yeah. Well, anyways, I'm glad that I've, my nightmare has come to an end. And for all I know, I will hate this chair, but at least I will know going forward that, you know, I was an idiot for <laughs> trying to find a chair chair like this. Is it weird that in terms of, like, podcast content, I almost want you to hate it because it's, it's always more fun to diss wow. or hate something <laughs> than to like something? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. As, oh, there, there's that I, thing I, there's I, like, I, hate is a much stronger feeling than anything else yeah like think about like in like the wii u days you'd be like nintendo what are you doing and it was so much more like intense of a podcast and now it's just like hey you're making money no, it's like oh you guys sold 50 million switches yeah. again uh whoa who would have thought but i mean I, I think it overall yeah i'd agree but i think like personally or maybe just over time like i found being excited about something just much more gratifying because it, it, it just it's definitely a lot easier to point out flaws and things but like i just remember 
having a lot of fun like gushing about like the good place when we first talked about that show and just like how much i loved it how i think it's like practically perfect and everything which i now understand having finished it a week ago versus i can't remember the last thing i hated on but i don't know i i mean yeah i I can't even remember the last one i remember the ones i was talking positively about but but yeah i mean hate i mean anger gets views for sure the reason there's a angry video game nerd and not a happy video game nerd maybe there is one but <laughs> who knows whatever happened to that one you have seen nowadays some sh- some not a shift but some balance where like cinema sins that youtube uh channel there is now a cinema wins where the... is that also them no it's not it's some other guy <laughs> But at this point, CinemaSins isn't even really about the flaws of movies. Now it's just the guys making very, very bad jokes. Because uh, mm. it's like it's like the narrator, a writer, and like a producer for, e- for each video. Yeah, but before it was like nitpicking little production flaws, you know? like Yeah. Yeah, but... um, The newspaper doesn't actually mention all this or the... Yeah, like a lot of content. Exactly. The, I, I, thought, I thought those were a lot more interesting. And then, you know, now every... Yeah, like I, I, stopped, I stopped watching those videos just because now it's just... Now they're just sinning literally anything that they just don't like, or they'll sin something because they try to make a a joke <laughs> because it isn't something else. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I stopped watching those videos, but their podcast is, is actually really good. I I just listened to the oh. to the podcast for those guys. They're, they're very passionate about movies. It's actually sad how the narrator <laughs> of Cinema Sins. It's like apparently he can't enjoy movies to the fullest anymore because of his job, the channel. Where, like, when he sees something, it's like, oh, that's a sin right there. And, like, he, he actively wants to stop that, but I think he also has, like, ADHD, so it becomes very hard oh. for him to enjoy movies. Mm. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. It, it does make Those sense videos, that sometimes yeah. when you, like, add a critical eye to something, it does change how you consume the thing, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, and, and, and I'm sure to a certain extent that's happened to all of us, like, you know, over the years of doing the Random Nintendo podcast, and QC, maybe just, like, from movies we watch or games we watch, I'm sure we're watching them with a more critical eye, or just, you know, the more you learn about them. Yeah. Oh, I've noticed, I noticed it with games, like, I'll, even the way I play, because I, as I'm playing, if I'm, like, playing, I'm like, oh, this is interesting, I'll, like, pause and write down what is interesting to be remember to bring it up. So I'm, like, very, like, my play sessions have become not dr- dramatically or detrimentally so but have become a little disjointed feeling because i'll like stop right play again stop right play again mm-hmm. so it's it's different for sure but i guess that's just you know mm-hmm. the plight of being a podcaster a journalist yeah. if like you even, will um, like even when i started learning about just like how to animate and like getting into my like shifted my perspective on just certain aspects of just animated films or even like the game industry for that matter not like it doesn't change my opinion on like if i like something i'll still like something or if i hate something i'll still hate something but I feel like it gives me more of an insight, like, oh, why exactly do I hate it? Is that actually something that deserves that much hate? Or, you know, just stuff like that. Right, right. And I think about it, it's true for announcements, too. Because, like, when we, we'll talk about it next round Nintendo, but obviously Nintendo just had the Nintendo Direct. And watching it, like, I was watching, like, oh, that's a cool game, that's a cool game. But I was also watching it, like, huh, what is the theme of this? Like, are there any trends here? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I had, like, a micro and macro version of watching it simultaneously, opposed to just being like, oh, cool, game, or whatever. <laughs> so. So yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's definitely changed how I perceive things. Maybe for the better. I mean, I enjoy obviously looking at it from all these different layers, <laughs> but it's it's definitely it's definitely a different perspective for sure. Yeah, I still like to view those with a uh, kind of like a cynical eye. Like, I mean, <laughs> I have of, my okay. own, I, I, I have my own, I have my own like opinion of like what goes on those Nintendo Direct. You know, like things are either for you or against. I mean. Not against no, that's how I you mean, act really... when you text like, "Oh, this no, no, yeah, stupid yeah, yeah, yeah. thing." Like, like, you act like the game is actively no, yeah, like, killing like, yeah, your like, family. When, when I'm like, when, when I'm giving love impression with friends, like I, 
I go at 11, like, um, we were like our friend who, who lived in Texas and was unfortunately, you know, like caught up in and all of that. Um, we were giving them like, I was just texting them exactly like, Oh, what game are they talking about now? They're talking about this thing, talking about this thing. And then there was like a game, there were like two or three of them that I just wasn't really interested in. And I literally just said like, Oh, they're showing nothing. Oh, they're still showing nothing. Or, wow. if, or, yeah, or, or, or if it was, and at one point, or if, or if it was like, or if it was a game that they've talked about like in other directs, like, you know, we the game we already knew about. I just, I would write something like, Oh, they're wasting time on this game. Oh, they're wasting time on this. They're still, ne- never mind when they announced a uh, project triangle strategy, which horrible name. Uh, but he's just like, Oh, it's fire emblem. Oh wait, no, it's something that wants to be fire emblem. I don't know what it is. I don't care. <laughs> it's just like, dude. <laughs> But but watch everyone next week when he talks about it on the podcast. It sounds so interested because it's all a lie. No, I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You just you just like yeah. to over editorialize for dramatic effect. Yeah, yeah especially because they, you know, I we were texting like our good friend who. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm pretty much okay just like are we actually making them look that stuff up after? The point is we're well aware a Nintendo Direct just happened. We know this is the first podcast after it, but this is where not where we actually talk about. It. So you have to tune in yeah. in a week. That's the takeaway. Yeah, exactly. It's a long tease for next episode. Yeah. Uh, we're we're gonna get into it next episode. Oh, for sure. So much, so much to say. Yeah, but for this week, you're uh, stuck with quarantine chronicles. Uh, <laughs> so now it's time for the uh, SoCal COVID update. Uh, Jason, jingle. COVID. That's all you get this time. Short and sweet. Okay. Well, wow. I don't, I don't know about sweet. It definitely was short. Um, <laughs> it was pretty sweet. <laughs> it was at least like fake sweet, like Splenda or something. Yeah, Splenda's all right. It's it's what's it called? Sucralose, I think, is the name that it goes by. That's the thing that so. they uh, shove into uh, sparkling ice. Speaking of, I know we've talked about sparkling ice on this show before, but I had Have at we? one point a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we we went to a whole flavor ranking a while ago, like off off the cuff. But um, sixty two bottles of it were in my apartment at one point. It's now down to about thirty four, maybe. Jeez. But yeah, and we, were any I mean, of you have like two flavors day, black raspberry? They were not, which was an error on our part, as you told me repeatedly via text uh, but, or group chat or whatever. But uh, no, they were not black raspberry. They were crisp apple, strawberry lemonade, strawberry watermelon, which is literally a liquid Jolly Rancher, lemonade, and uh, lemon and lime. Those are the five. Huh. At, at most, there's only ever 24 uh, sparkling ice in my place because I usually order two 12-packs for my little mini fridge that I got in my room. Yeah, we, we did... Uh, however many 12 packs gets to 60 some odd uh but yeah because we realized like we could go to ralph's or vons or whatever and it's like you know 10 bucks for 10 bottles or it's 12 bottles for 11 bucks on amazon so you know galaxy brains over here we saved a few bucks yeah exactly yeah um so with uh covid not much update honestly Mm-mm. numbers are slowly declining which i guess is a pretty good start. That only means that uh, wave four is going to start anytime soon. It looks like apparently uh, SoCal missed those two new strains. Like so far, it hasn't been hit by them too hard. And is what I've been reading. And it sounds like early studies are showing that the current vaccines that are out there, so Moderna, Pfizer, presumably somewhat Johnson and Johnson, um, will work against the newest strains. So that's positive news. Okay. Well- yeah, it's light at the end of the tunnel, but hmm. but the the tunnel take to get the vaccines is pretty. It's a pretty lengthy tunnel, but there is for sure light at the end, which is nice. Yeah, that also reminds me, we're episode twenty six more episodes, and then we will have been in quarantine for. We will have been recording this episode for an entire year, which is this, way this longer. One than episode for to. a whole year, just this episode. Oh my bad, this one hit this one podcast. <laughs> for, <laughs> wow, this, I this, this podcast for, <laughs> that, so dick. Um, 
Which is way longer than I expected us to. Yeah, to run, seriously, honestly. this was gonna be like a mini series. This is like when the, when a you know some network like HBO or something does a mini series, and then they go, oh, actually, and they end up like renewing it for like five more oh, years. Oh, actually, this is way more <laughs> successful than we thought it was gonna be, and it's gonna bring yeah. us a lot of money if we bring season two. Yeah, why? Except this one is like the pandemic uh, death version of that. But yeah, same idea. Exactly, and we don't make any money, no matter how many times we tell Jason, hey, let us get that sweet, sweet raid shadows legends uh, money. Arguably, we are losing more money because there's now double the files on our server which means we need more server space if raid shadow legends came to switch would you try to get us that sponsor at this point yes because you guys are very persistent all right so we just got to get raid shadow legends onto the switch yeah so go get to switch and we'll talk i mean if you get sponsored at this point it would be helping you more because i know you handle a lot more of the the financial back end as in like literally every (laughs) pay for everything yes correct (laughs) A little more of the financial back. Just, just, just a smidge. Just the hosting and the domain, you know. Yeah, so, <laughs> but then again, you know, the random I mean, anyone... name came from me from high school, so I'm 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 the one insisting on paying and running the show, sort of. So it's not like uh, it's, it's guess... not just to you guys. That I'm the one doing it. I'm being a control freak. So I, yeah, so I guess the worst thing is get sponsorship so that we can get more of it, so that we can actually make money instead of just breaking even or going negative fair okay next episode get ready folks it's gonna be 20 minutes of ads just in a block yes. right at the top <laughs> you're gonna get um shadow you're gonna you get, gotta make uh, sure that we hmm. uh that we get those ads where we get to improvise the dialogue and not just read off a script oh yeah honestly that's one of my favorite parts of conan o'brien's uh podcast conan is a friend like he just go he just tears into the ads while getting paid to do those ads <laughs> it's great but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be doing we're gonna get cool promo codes. So you're gonna be able to go like flowers.com, one hundred flowers, and like enter code like random Nintendo or a like Kevin Angel Jason or like something that's I way doubt, too I long. I doubt that we can get Nintendo as a podcast code. <laughs> no, I can. You're I can probably right. imagine we're... the cease and desist that we that we're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, no, and we're not also gonna have that ad as much as I want it. We're not that big. Oh, I know. well, we'll see. Raid Shadow Legends apparently sponsors anybody that has a pulse. Yeah. So. That, we'll I mean, new, new goal. Our goal was get into E3, get, you know, that sort of like press card. We did that. So the new goal is get our own custom promo code on something completely unrelated to us. 100 Flowers, uh, I oh. don't know, uh, one of those prescription drug delivery service websites, like anything. I mean, we could, <laughs> that's I'm not, sure we could one of those like billion VPN sponsorships. It seems yeah, like just there's like, always like Surfshark, uh, I forgot the other one. I mean, listen, I if you need a cheap domain, check out godaddy.com with promo code whatever our promo code is <laughs> yes daddy jason what <laughs> yes daddy jason. ripping up the, ripping off the well code there's daddy. our episode title huh yep <laughs> you will didn't say existence yeah apparently all right cool 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 uh so let's get into it uh i kind of want to start with yeah let's let's just start with earwig and the witch something we've all seen earwig and yeah the witch. probably what the is this the first thing that all three of us have seen or played together or heard together uh in i don't think so i want to say there's one other thing there's been a couple but this it's it's been a while rare it's rare for all three of us okay yeah i think there's been a couple on and off anything off the top of my head Hmm. um okay so yeah you're gonna witch the first 3d cg movie by uh studio ghibli or ghibli 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 okay i 
different cable. GIF, GIF, same difference. I, I've always said Ghibli for some reason. The yeah, answer is GIF, it, by the way. GIF. Yeah, it's it's GIF. GIF. I know the dude who invented GIF says it's GIF, but like he's not an English professor, so no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I strong feelings I mean, if it's about written this. in Japanese, it's, it's Ghibli, so, you know, it's, it would just be Ghibli. Okay. Um, Directed by Hayao Miyazaki's son, Goro, at least on HBO Max. The last boss from Mortal Kombat. The last is boss from oh, Is Goro? Goro? Oh, yeah, I guess it is, yeah. The forearm yeah. thing? Oh, I guess I've never seen him as a final boss, considering that he's just like he was, a regular Oh, the, well, oh I, I mean like in the, SN, in, in, in the SNES game. Oh, okay. But you're right. I, I, you're right. I think Shao Kahn was still always last. He was probably like the second to last. Right, right, right. Him gotcha. and Kintaro, yeah, the big baddie, mm-hmm. one of the big baddies. And the son of oh, a famous uh-huh. director, yes. Yeah. So, so who wants to go first or... You just want to dive into... I feel like, Angel, you are the biggest Ghibli guy of the bunch, right? Like, I feel like you should take the lead here. Oh, well, here we get the witch. So, I... I don't know. It was as good as I expected it to be. Like, Which was? Uh, How good were you um, expecting, exactly? Okay. Because, um, Goro Miyazaki, his track record with, um... With his films have been... The only other one I've seen is Up on Poppy Hill, and that one I enjoyed, but it was, was more like, yeah, it was entertained. Like, there were some things I liked, but some things just kind of fell flat, in my opinion. And unfortunately for him as well, um, it seemed like Miyazaki, I mean, Hayao, his dad, um, I was reading like an interview, and apparently when he was screening Up on Poppy Hill, his dad literally walked out of it, like in the first like 10, 13 minutes of it. He was just like, nope, and he just left. So his man, like I, dad, I, is kind of a I jerk. So bad. <laughs> like I've I've seen I mean, some other stuff where he's referencing his son's work. He's like, you know, if he never had, if he never directed again, that would be fine. It's like, wow, <laughs> dude. Like, th- there's a chance for Ghibli to like transition to a new generation of directors as folks like him retire. They're not doing that. They're not like nurturing Goro in a proper way. It feels like his dad just like bashing him at every chance he gets. It's really not great. Yeah, because um. His relationship with him is very much, like, tough love. He, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea, obviously. But, like, I want to believe it's, like, you know, kind of out of love. Like, he wants him to figure it out on his own, maybe the way he did. But, um, but yeah, like, he doesn't really give him any kind of help. At least in this film, he was apparently one of the people that told him to, you know what, go for it. Like, he was the one that kind of convinced him to try this other direction with CG. He still didn't really help him. But, you know, he was one of the ones that convinced him to pursue that. But, yeah, like... How do you feel I've about seen that just, CG? I mean, it just feels it feels like a first attempt because yeah. they like I wouldn't say it's bad, but you know, like with the standards set by a lot of studios nowadays, especially like if you watched um the Lupin film from you know a couple weeks back, like that movie looks amazing, like everything, like the animation quality, the visuals, like everything is just like on point, and this one feels just rougher. Like, it's very and the thing is like two thousands B tier CG anime movie and and the thing is like I, I wouldn't say it looks bad it's just that if anything um there's just like some contrast like the backgrounds and the sets and the props are really well detailed but the characters themselves feel like they belong in a different style film it's almost like the world around them isn't stylized in the same way that they are yes but I noticed I will that. say I though, that like you know they're just a lot flatter it's almost like the whole world should have been a lot more cartoony but it's almost like they couldn't decide which area to go with and that's also due to the fact that like the studio literally had no one with cg experience like they had to do this all from scratch and that is incredible i mean props for them for trying because damn that is 
a huge feat, especially from a studio that has focused so much on 2D, because a lot of it isn't really transferable. Like, just making one rig takes a long-ass time, and that's why you kind of have to, like, shorten the scope. And unfortunately, like, this film just felt, like, incomplete. Like, I felt like I was entertained throughout. Like, I, I enjoyed my time with, like, I like slower-paced films sometimes. Like, And this one, it kind of felt like Goro was going for the slice of lifeness of Up on Poppy Hill with some of the, and then trying to inject like some, I guess, Hayo whimsy in it. And it, it felt like, I don't know, it felt like it didn't really know what identity it wanted to go with. Like, Earwig, the main character, doesn't really see any growth. She kind of stays the same throughout the whole movie. She's spunky. I mean, I, li- I like her character. Like, she's spunky, she's confident, she gets what she wants. And you mainly only ever really see like an arc from the character she interacts with. Like, mainly the Mandrake, who is, like, this mysterious evil devil man. And this witch, um, I forgot her first name. is something Yaga. I think it's Bell. Baba Yaga, Bell? maybe? Bella? Bell? Bella Yaga? Something like, something that. like that. I should know. I watched it, like, and... 12 hours ago. I don't know why I don't remember <laughs> the name. And, and, you know, like, they, by the end of it, you know, like, they, they have a better relationship. But there was a point, like, they're alluding to a mystery that's happening. Like, you get little hints and things here and... Even, like, the way it starts, it's like, oh, like, what's going on? Like, why is she being chased by the witches? Why did the band break up? Like, what triggered all this? And you just when you think, like, you're getting more and more, like, literally when we were watching the film, we paused the movie um, at some point because, um like, something came up and we had to just, like, take a moment to pause it. And then as soon as we looked at the TV again, we're like, wait, it's already going to end? Like, what the heck? Like, we thought there was still, like, 30 minutes to an hour left based on, like, how the pacing was going. I thought we were going to get a lot more. But then it just ended. That? Like, it's like, oh. Like, it just, like, oh, here's the mother now? Like, what the heck? Like, I thought we were going to Oh, gonna get, um, like, spoiler alert, I guess. <laughs> but that, um, yeah. that is my biggest problem with it is that the pacing was just way off. I feel like... Yeah. It was paced to be a longer film and it ended up just not well, being... I, I don't know. I feel it, like, it, like they, they had to do... They, they had to either... If they were going to go in this direction, they had to speed things a lot, think along a lot more. But, well, just, you know, just given to, their length. And, and I think, like, to your point about, like, you're trying to capture some limbs, like, just to fill people in who don't know what's going on with the movie, basically it's the story of this uh, kid who dropped off as foster home, gets adopted by the characters you mentioned, the Mandrake and Bella Yoga, um, and... Bell Yoga's a witch. The kid it, you learn very early on is a witch. Um, and you're basically, she's basically trying to like get, settle into the new place and feel comfortable and kind of wants her way. Um, but because of the pacing, it's like, there's like five minutes of her at the uh, foster home where she like runs the place. You're the confidence you're talking about, Angel. And then she goes to this other place with the Mandrake and Bella Yoga and just like spends about an hour and 15 minutes being like i don't like this and slowly kind of being like i'm gonna do something about it and then it ends with her being like i did something about it but she has no change in personality no growth like you said um to your point about like the whimsy like they tried to put some whimsy and they did at one point have these little demon characters that i feel like was their attempt to do like the spirits in princess mononoke like the forest spirits like kind of these wacky little things that have like just like a tick almost but they're only there for like two seconds at one point one of them just looks at um Earwig and goes, wow, and that's, that's literally his only dialogue, and that's the extent of these characters' existence, but they clearly spent time designing them and sort of referencing them and doing things, but they don't do anything with them. And then that's why, that's kind of like what I felt like was the problem with the movie, is they, they have all these ideas, they don't really do anything with them. Like, they have a talking cat, who is basically her only interaction where she can, like, be herself, 
and kind of like uh like plan things and figure out how to convince you know how to convince bella yoga to like her or let her do her thing or whatever and like the talking cat like there's so much in the movie where Earwig's just monologuing to herself out loud, which is just like exposition basically. She's just like talking through what the plot points are, which is weird. And they could have had that cat come in so much earlier and been, been like kind of the sound – like the, the, the two-way dialogue that eventually happens. But instead they just let her talk to herself for the majority of the movie. Like even that pacing felt weird. So that, never mind the ending where it just abruptly ends that you're talking about. Like every step of the way, they got the quirky character. It's there for two seconds. They got the cat – that can be an actual like point of dialogue. They don't bring it into the last like 20, 25 minutes. Like it's very weird how off, like it feels like they started the movie at like a, it's going to be a two and a half hour movie. And then like two thirds of the way through, they're like, Ooh, this budget. Cause I, I think it was a made for TV movie in Japan. So, Ooh, this budget, we're running out of money. Let's just scoot everything up and then just abruptly cut it. Like it was, it was so strange how it was paced to me. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunate just cause like, just knowing who was going to be directing it and the fact that it was the first CG movie, like, I, I mean, I don't want to say I saw this coming, but like all these issues, I felt like my gut was telling me like these are all going to be present and they were. Yeah. Like it, it just felt like, like a stepping stone. And honestly, like, because I've seen all but two of the 22 Ghibli films, like I like that every director like has their own take. Like Hayo has his own like whimsical coming of age thing. Takahata, he's his are more like solemn and more. I don't know. I feel like they're. I kind of like his films overall a little more. I feel like I can relate to those more because they're very much about like real issues. There's rarely any magic in them, and I know like for many people, like they might come off as kind of boring. But I don't know. They just really spoke to me. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those where, like for example, um, I don't know, like Princess Kaguya or um, even well, I guess like Grave of the Fireflies. Like some of those are just yeah, they're depressing, but I don't know. They're great. But Goro, I feel, still hasn't really found his footing. Like I mentioned, um, the only two I haven't seen or even purchased, just because especially now that I'm rebuying everything as a steelbook, are Tales of Versi, which is one directed by Goro, and um, Meet the Yamadas, which is a Takahata film, but I've already explained why I don't have it yet in the past, or why I haven't seen it. Just not really... It's based off a comic strip that wasn't made here, so yeah. There's no real incentive to watch it yet until it's like the only one I... Until, until I just get it through the steelbook. But, you know, he went from a crazy fantasy one in the beginning that apparently didn't land to this Up on Poppy Hill, which is almost like the opposite of what he worked on. So now he did this, which tried to marry both. But I don't know. I'm, I just want to see what he does next. I feel like he needs to... He's still finding it. I mean, he's only really done these handful of films, apparently without much help from his dad, who you think could really just guide him in the right direction. But I don't know. Well, we'll just see where it goes. It does give me optimism because, you know, like not every Ghibli film is like super spectacular in their visuals. And I know in time, if Ghibli's going to be like focusing more on CG, I can only imagine them like pushing the medium in ways that we didn't expect. We're just not there yet. That's why I feel like if you're a big fan of Ghibli films, I think it's just worth watching as like a case study. And there was some enjoyment to be had from it. There were like some really cool moments. I loved the scene where like you see the mandrake coming out from the wall. Or even just some of the interactions with some of the characters were fun. But yeah, like, I don't know if I'd recommend it in general. Like, as a, like, oh, you're looking for, like, a good film to watch? Like, check this out. I feel like it'd be more of, like, a, yeah, I think you could get something out of it if you were more, I guess, into that, I guess, library of films from that studio. Yeah, I think the thing with uh, this movie is there's, like, good ideas in it. They just 
weren't developed right. Like I think early on, you know, they show that they have some technical prowess. Your point that's like a case or like a, a stepping stone angel. Like I feel like the first five minutes of the movie where they like have kids running around as ghosts in these, uh, you know, fabric sheets on, is trying to show off their like texture work and their fabric work. And then there's a scene where like Earwig and um, a Custard, which is her friend at the, the foster home, are going up like this spiral staircase and they do this lighting, this kind of dramatic lighting with flashlights. And I'm like, okay, they're just showing off their lighting effects. Like definitely this is a first step for them and they are showing that they can do stuff down the road. They're just not Dude, quite even, there even in the yet. very, and, and even in the very, very beginning where like, you know, the witches on the motorcycle and she like pulls their yeah. head and turned it into like worms. Like that looked really, really cool. I was like, damn, like that actually just looks really, really nice. But then, you know, it's like, oh, I guess that's where that was yeah. probably their hardest like shot to film or anything. And, or, you know, or the man, when the magic came out of that mentioned like that, that's whole scene where the wall melts and it just looks, it that just mm-hmm. looked crazy. Look really cool, and like, and the kind of bummer is there are yeah. good ideas in here. Like, I do like the idea of like a witch is just like you call them like a like the idea that you call a witch to like do you a service like they're like a you know like a doctor or something. Like, hey, I need I need like to have all green lights on the way to work. Okay, yeah, let me whip something up for you. Like that, I thought was kind of clever. And there's some good ideas in there. And even the the thing of like one thing we oh, haven't man. touched on is like the dichotomy of like so the witches com- with seventies rock music like the fact that like the witches are like like earwig is like the seventies rock band and everything like so the intro for the movie goes two D and like psychedelic which is really cool and like that whole idea of like kind of they're witches but they're modern but they're into like music and there's this band and like that's kind of interesting but it just all of it just kind of stops there at least, at least for me like it didn't feel like it went further I don't, I don't know Kevin like you haven't talked yet how, how do you feel about this thing. How do I feel about this movie? I would rather rewatch Cars two than rewatch this movie. Wow! <laughs> Shots fi- fired. Yeah, right. Fired. Absolutely. <laughs> I you secretly love Cars. Like I have <laughs> very, very few positive things to say about this movie. I mean, Cars two is like a funny mess, though. <laughs> yeah, and this is a uh, very and obviously, in my opinion, this was a mess on pretty much everything for me personally. Uh, I didn't like the animation. Uh, I thought the CG was very, very poor. Uh, the whole, oh, this is their first attempt at CG. I guess now that I know that, that almost nobody on the staff had any experience with, with, uh, with 3D CG, uh, okay, I'll, I'll give it that a pass. Um, I hated, we all saw this on, on HBO Max, correct? Yes, sir. That's the only place you can, I think. There, or I guess you could go see it. And correct me if I'm wrong, but there was no Japanese audio track. That we could switch to, correct? I saw it dub. I saw it dub. I mean, I saw it dub. So I, I had English. So, oh, yeah, you saw it dub? I did another one dub. Okay. Well, I saw it dubbed. No, I saw it in the... Japanese. Yeah, I saw it in Japanese. The dub was horrendous. Oof. The lip syncing was terrible. Takes Whenever there's bad lip syncing, it just takes me out completely out. Not only that, I... Mm. And I'm sorry to the, the actors that played some of these roles. I thought the dub was terrible. Um, I was bored throughout the entire movie. There was absolutely no charm that I found in it. Yeah, there was one or two parts that looked cool visually, like you said the uh, uh, the beginning chase scene uh, where she uses mm-hmm. her the strand of hair. Sure, that was cool, but the oh, the yeah. rest of it just oh, I was it was that thing of I was pausing the movie like how much more of this do I have to take? I I was never interested at all. Mate, and for all I know, that was the, the, the bias going into the movie. It was like, oh, well, this is not one of the good, uh, uh, Studio Ghibli films. But even then, I try to go into it with an open mind, and I just, no, I, I refuse to ever watch this movie ever again. I felt it was a complete waste of time, honestly. 
I will say one thing that I felt was missing is I know Andrew, you're saying that you thought um, you know that Earwig was confident and got what she wanted. She came off pretty like bratty to me. Like she wasn't yep. really likable. Immediately like, from the beginning, I was like, I'm not gonna like this yeah, character. Like it. She like I liked the ideas of what they were like the concepts in the movie were cool, but like the execution. Yeah, like she wasn't the best at there's, all. Like she yeah, got what she wanted, but she did it pretty like selfishly and like not i don't know and like she was kind of a jerk to her friend custard who she then references for the whole movie like they were bffs even though i feel like i don't know the whole thing that like her whole her vibe i didn't really like yeah there, there's a there's a very very clear difference between confident and just obnoxious and that's what i felt yeah. uh earwig uh fell into yeah i yeah the um, only time but, uh, she felt sincere was when she was like learning about her past or about the earwig band and everything then she seemed like she had some genuine like interest or happiness, but the rest of it was just like I don't know. Even to the poor cat, she was kind of a jerk. Yeah, and uh, I, I have nothing good to say about this movie. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm glad you found it okay, Angel. I feel like uh, out of all of us, it, it would have been harder is. on you if the movie was just straight up bad. Yeah. Uh, what'd you say, Angel? I'm sorry. Not that that does make me wonder, like how the book actually is, because you know it's like a short story, so. I don't know if they like. I don't, I don't think, think they added much because there wasn't really a plot. If you know, maybe it did like. <laughs> I don't know what they could have added because really, you can take that movie and they had ideas in it, but because of how it was spread out, you could take that movie and condense it down to like a twenty-minute short, and it would have been probably better paced. Like the movie just didn't have a third act, so I don't even think yeah. it was like. I mean, essentially, that was the case. There was no third act. It just ended where the third act would have been. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like they tried to stretch the a short story into a full movie, and that's partly were that plus you know maybe budget constraints like i said before i feel like they were the biggest pitfalls but especially because they spent like i was saying about the techno stuff now that i think about it, like they spent they did the chase they did the the mm. like ghost fabric the, you know the sheets they did the lighting they did the boat on the water they did all these things in the first 10 minutes i was like yeah look at our look what we can do with 3d or with cg guys like we got this those 10 minutes could have been spent in two minutes the same you know getting across the same plot points and then actually develop things elsewhere in the movie like it the whole thing just felt like i don't know miscalculated in terms of pacing yeah oh yeah and it didn't help that it just came off of um you know the the, the lupin movie coming out because that movie yeah i mean only thing i will say is that if you want to watch like a good i guess movie with a witch i would definitely recommend kiki's delivery service it definitely isn't as magical as like some of the other um high films but i mean it almost it's kind of similar there's parallels i mean it's like a witch for hire kind of story like kiki wants to she's old enough to leave her her, her town on her town and go find her own city to you know be the designated witch for and just kind of like making it out on her own and i think that one definitely does a much better job but yeah i, don't know. I mean it's also on hbo max it's a, and that one is directed by hayao miyazaki so you know, you get to see, I guess, like what his dad does with a witch story, and I guess what his son did. But yeah, he still has a long way to go. I mean, by no means, like while I didn't, I wouldn't say I hated it. Like it's by no means like one of those movies where I, I don't know. Usually, yeah, when I watch like a a good like Miyazaki, I mean Ghibli movie, I usually come out of it feeling like, whoa, like I think I I need to go take a walk and like and get like some like introspective thoughts or something. But um, yeah, this one yeah. was just like, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. It, it felt like I was watching. It, it was just what I expected, I guess. I don't know. I'm not disappointed nor overwhelmed. It was just 
I don't know. I don't really know how I was watching Ultimately, it. for me, a thing but, was yeah. shown in front of my eyes, and it entered my brain, and then it left my brain, and that was it. <laughs> like, it just, it just was. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I didn't have, like, negative feelings afterwards. I was just like, oh, okay. Like, would I have given thought to the pacing if we didn't, if we weren't going to have this conversation? I probably would have just been like, it is what it is. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, like lo- looking a little more quickly at, it, I think there are a lot of missed opportunities because there is some potential in a lot of what it was doing. It just, oof, yeah, kind of missed the mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the next one. I mean, Miyazaki is working on another film, so which wait, we'll which Miyazaki? See when that Let's comes be clear. Are we talking <laughs> about dad or son? Because <laughs> there is a difference. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, a big difference. Yeah, no, yeah, the dad. Um, he came out of retirement a long ago. He's working on a film called. Um, who are you or something like that oh he's doing like nintendo's film, gamecube but... and Game Boy ad campaign as yeah, a movie so obviously that more either going to be on that was it here someone out there is going to appreciate yeah, that joke know. someone listening is going to be like hi i remember those ads someone i guarantee it was it here or off podcast that we were talking about jiro dreams of sushi uh ooh. i think it was off podcast i, I, I don't know podcast? but i think no. the parallel you're about to draw is very accurate. Yeah, yeah. if anybody's seen Jiro Dreams of Sushi, uh, Jiro... Great movie. Yeah, great documentary about sushi. Mm-hmm. Or I guess about this sushi maker, Jiro. Uh, Michelin star sushi chef who... Oh, yeah, legacy. Yeah, who's got this huge legacy. He's considered one of the best of the best. And his son works with him. His son is almost... Well, at the time of filming that documentary, he was 50. His, his son working for him. And... There's this part of the movie where they say, well, you know, eventually Jiro is going to pass and his son's going to have to take up the mantle. And no matter how good he makes sushi, everybody's going to just think of it as inferior to his father's. Even if it surpasses it, everybody's just going to think that it's inferior. And so hopefully that doesn't yeah. uh, happen to to Goro, but I don't know, his his efforts haven't seen the same acclaim i literally just told you everybody how much i hated this movie but uh <laughs> I, don't know. I mean hopefully hopefully he he uh no yeah i mean he's obviously we don't want filmmakers to fail you know yeah but it, it's interesting to look at like how companies pass the no, yeah, but he, he still like, has a long way to go yeah yeah but like the fact that like it's going this slow like it's people it really definitely not getting that (laughs) yeah exactly because like look at like how disney transitioned and they went through their bumps but you know how they transitioned away from like the walt era like even how nintendo is right now in the process of kind of like phasing out miyamoto slowly like there are ways to do this where you sort of groom the next generation and teach them the values and do it you know a way to kind of carry the ethos of the company on and there are ways to not do it. And something like Hero Dreams of Sushi, like, obviously, um, you, you know, you, there's always so much you can do. It's like, here, here's how I make sushi. Okay. The son's going to be a direct comparison to his father. But like, if you have a team of people, if you have like Studio Ghibli or something, like, there are ways that you could teach the principles of what it, you know, this, that, and next thing, and then be there and mentor. And like, it, it feels like they are not doing that, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Which I'm kind of worried about because they, yeah, like, I mean, like, Takahata already passed away. He was like one of my favorite directors from that studio. And we already know how, you know, the Miyazakis, like, you know, treat each other. So it's like, are, do they even have anyone left at this point? I mean, you know, Hayao probably only has this movie left yeah. in them. And then it's just going to be Goro, I guess. And everyone else is going to be, like, completely new. To, I don't know. It's eh, it's not looking good. They, but, you know, I... you, you got you to gotta have your lows to have your highs. And, you know, I'm not going to... I'm still a fan of the studio. I'll just keep 
watching, see what happens. Hopefully we get, hopefully Goro gets better in the future. But we'll there's a small part of me that I hope this isn't true. But there's a small part of me that thinks that Ghibli's just riding on their name at this point a little. Like they're like, oh, we're Ghibli. Like we're gonna have a theme park soon, guys. Like we're fine. And it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. That you gotta put in some effort to ensure that you stay fine. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Which by the way, crazy to have a theme park. Like that's super cool. They're gonna have like Howl's Movie Castle like in the park. Like you could, it'll be like a physical thing. Really? really cool. I don't think it'll move. I don't think it's gonna move, but it's gonna be like physically there to look at. No, that's awesome. Uh, Howl's <laughs> Movie Castle is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Howl's Moving Castle. It's not gonna move. It's gonna be House Castle. This <laughs> yeah. move will be scratched out. <laughs> my my favorite uh, my favorite uh, Ghibli movie for sure. Howl's Moving Castle. Love Andrew, what would song. you say your favorite is of all of them? Like if Kevin's is Howl's, what's yours? Uh, probably hard. Probably between. Whisper of the Heart and Princess Mononoke. Hmm. They're both like completely Princess different Mononoke films. Mononoke is very good. Like Mononoke is great. Yeah, one is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that one's really great. That one's just you know it has that environmental message. It's action packed. It's visually stunning, as a lot of those are. And Whisper of the Heart is like kind of the opposite. It's like there's only like maybe two settings. It's just a lot calmer and chiller. But it's just about um. It's just about like pursuing a career and just like taking a chance and that kind of stuff. And I kind of, I think I just watched it at the right time and it was like, damn, like it was just kind of inspirational in a way, like kind of encourages to take risk and just like not be so hell bent on just like, I guess, keeping with pace of like what you're, I guess, don't get comfortable, I guess. Yeah. Don't get comfortable mm-hmm. and don't get caught up in the routines, I guess. But I don't know. It, it was good. I really liked that one. I know that one specifically and. Some other ones that I like are typically on the bottom of Ghibli, give best Ghibli movies ranked, but I don't know. You should do a ranking of your own. What about you, Jason? I don't know how many you've seen actually, so. It will never not blow my mind that Billy Bob Thornton is mm-hmm. in Princess Mononoke. Maybe a little, uh, maybe, uh, That's always weird to me. Never not going to be weird. So is, I think, the guy that does Fender in Futurama. Like, it's such a weird cast. Like, and then they have, like, Gillian Anderson from, like, X-Files, if I remember correctly, isn't it, too? Like, it's uh-huh. such a weird cast. Wait, did you say that Billy Bob Thornton <laughs> does the voice of Bender is in Futurama? Is in Princess Mononoke. No, no, no. Billy Bob Thornton and the voice of Bender in Futurama. Oh, okay. Both I was Joe, like, what? John DiMaggio, Joe DiMaggio, whatever his name is, are both in Mononoke along with Gillian Anderson. It's, like, <laughs> it's such a weird cast. Like, every time – that's the one I've seen the most. And every time I see the credits, I'm like, what? Definitely have to watch Wait, what? a lot of these. <laughs> like, multiple times. So is that your favorite, then? Definitely have to watch some of these movies again, yeah. just because, like I mentioned, for the most part. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, uh, because is of Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, no, I just yes. think it's, yeah, I don't know, I just thought, up. like, the message and the um, and the little forest spirits, I really like them. But yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, I just, I really like that one, yeah. It was the first one I saw, too, so mm-hmm. it kind of set the bar really high for me with Ghibli. Yeah. If you, if you like that one, kind of like I mentioned, like, if you want, like, a, I guess like a, a much better witch movie, I recommended Kiki's Delivery Service. But if you liked Princess Mononoke, um, not as like bombastic as it, but I would recommend you watch Pompoko, mm. which you know it should also be on. Yeah. They're all on they're HBO all Max. on because that one is yeah. kind of the same themes. It's about like and yeah, it's about like environmental destruction, but it follows like the Tanuki, which you know like here we know them more as like Mario's power up, but it's literally just about like a group of tanuki trying to survive like their ecosystem getting destroyed by people and trying to adapt and in some ways fight back but ultimately you know you just have to watch to see what happens right and a lot of um you know what they're really known for in their statues like they definitely leverage that a ton in the movie in very creative and weird ways that's all i'll say hmm. if you know what i'm alluding to i'll see you in due time all right cool 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 
Uh, Angel. Pretty sure. Your brother uh, bullied me into getting phasmophobia a couple weeks ago. A few weeks ago. Holy (laughs) heaven, are are you okay? Are you okay? Uh, Yeah, I'm fine, except he has made me endure this painful experience that is ghost hunting. Um, If... If anybody thinks that they could be ghost hunters, ghost hunting, interesting. If anybody thinks that there's like, oh yeah, I could, I could be a ghost hunter. This game will just put people in their place, man. And it's a video <laughs> game. So, so phasmophobia. I've been playing it for the last few weeks uh, with the with the squad, including the perpetrator of making me buy this game, Angel's brother Elvis. This game is terrifying. So. In this game, you play as, well, a ghost hunter, and there are various missions that you can, uh, that, uh, you can accept and, and then take. The couple ones that we have done have all just been house-related, where, like, oh, you're going into, uh, this three-bedroom house with, like, a basement, or this, uh, three-room house that has two stories, and basically, you have all this equipment to your disposal. You have, have, have... Either of you ever seen, like, I don't know, Ghost Hunters on, like, sci-fi or just any ghost hunting show? Like, <laughs> once, bored in a hotel years ago. Just <sighs> once, yeah. Oh, man, really? And it was something. It was I something. I remember feeling, like, another frustrated because, like, every sound or something is, like, it's always, like, oh, my God, there it is. Like, oh, you hear that sound? Like, I don't know. It, and then the camera whips around really dramatically anything, and there's nothing like, there. You know, <laughs> Well, let me tell you, that's exactly how it goes in yeah. the video game too, where we're like, we're just walking and we'll hear something, and everybody will, will just freak out. Wait, what was that? It's it's man. So I I used to love Ghost Hunters on on Sci Fi. I would watch that show religiously. <laughs> that was that was my. I get this thing with reality shows where if I see a couple of episodes, I will then just see pretty much the entire series. That happened to me with Ghost Hunters and uh, Hell's Kitchen, but uh. Ghost mm-hmm. Hunters, obviously. Uh, when, when we talk about Overcooked, I'll talk about Hus Kitchen. But right now we're talking about Ghost Hunters. <laughs> um, yeah, so you will... Uh, you have this book. Uh, it's almost like a compendium of all these type of... What do they call them in the game? I guess, I guess just ghosts. Um, but there are different type of ghosts. So there are uh, these things called Revenants. There's uh, Banshees. There's what I forget what the Japanese ghosts are called. Onis? Uh, I think there's an oni in there. Um, but anyways, each one of them will have. I think only sort of demons, description. but it's probably the same thing. Uh, okay. Um, anyways, they there's this. The book will will tell you. We'll have this list of all these demons or all these uh, ghosts, and it'll tell you uh, what their weakness is, what what equipment you will need to use in order to find this basically you're going into a house and you have no idea what the demon is what the ghost is i keep saying demon what the ghost is and so you can carry up to three items and items vary from stuff like an emf reader which if you've seen ghost hunters you'll know what an emf reader is it's basically this little talk box that will uh show how much quote-unquote paranormal activity is is like surrounding you and it has five levels it starts at green and when it hits up to red you'll know like oh there's activity around here um there are there's a little ghost book it's literally just a a a book that's blank and a pen and you set it down and if you walk away and you come back 
if it's a type of ghost that is quote unquote weak to the ghost book, they will have written in the book. You've got uh, UV flashlights where you're, you know, you're searching around and then all of a sudden you see a handprint. So depending on the equipment that you use and depending on the reaction that the ghost will have to the equipment will narrow down the, um, will narrow down the list of which possible ghost it is. And so it's, it's almost like a, a puzzle in a sense. Um, there are ghosts that are really, really mm-hmm. violent to people who are alone. And so that, <laughs> that leads to some funny situations where we will find the room where the ghost is most likely at. And it's like, oh, it's in the bedroom. And so what we will do is we will have one of the guys go into the bedroom by himself in the dark and close the door and just have him. Oh try to talk to the ghost because the game also uses your mic to oh yeah interesting so it's hey you pikachu but demented interesting yeah so basically basically what we do you know we're all in the same discord call but as soon as we get in the game you know there's push there's push to talk it's almost yeah it it, it exactly is like that i i remember what's up ghost like that like and subscribe i so it definitely it's definitely not as deep as that it's you really only ask it two questions, which is what is your name or like, why are you here? I, f- I forget what the two questions are, but I remember the first time that I had to do it, I was in like the laundry room. I asked it a question and I heard yes. And I was like, all right, get me out of this room. Get me out of this room. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And the fi- <laughs> the way that the physics in this game work is so funny. It's like, it's like in real life. If, if somebody's trying to open a door, you know, uh, open a door towards them to like leave and if i'm looking the opposite direction just to make sure that the ghost doesn't like kill us i am still technically blocking the door so that happened in one situation where our buddy celso was trying to leave and i'm just freaking out looking at this ghost coming towards us that i was blocking his way so he couldn't open the door and celso got killed while i got away scot free as as terrifying as and every now and then you get glimpses of the of the ghosts and it's terrifying the just the uh the models that they use are so so scary in a sense it's Good. definitely a fun <laughs> game to play with others uh because you see just how just just how scared your friends are going to be um when the funniest situation and i've recorded some of our some of our runs. One of the funniest things that ever happened to us. You, you do have like a ghost fan where there, there's all your oh, equipment I need to and stuff like that. Yeah, I'll I'll, sh- I'll show you some right after, especially because oh man, your brother had one of the funniest moments where where w- one of our guys had died, so it left three of us, and so we had to go see if the ghost had written in the ghost book. And so uh, the ghost fan also has a couple of cameras. Uh, oh, not not even you you can you can get cameras. And you could set them up, and then you have a computer that gets live feed of that of that camera. So if you see little ghost orbs, you're like, okay, ghost orbs. Uh, let's see which demon uh, shows some ghost orbs. But we specifically had to go see if uh, if the demon book, if the ghost book, had been written in. And so we sent out Celso, and your brother Angel was like, yeah, I'll go with him too. And so I see them go into the house. And then I'm just looking at the camera to see, like, hopefully they're good. And then I just, like, look to my left, and your brother had chickened out and was right next to me. And I'm pretty sure Celso died because he was alone. 
Um, <laughs> it was probably one of the funniest moments that that I had playing this game. So how it, exactly it's... do you die? Is it like an insta kill, um, or do you kind of have like a melee attack or like something where oh, okay. like the ghost touches actually, you? Actually, actually, so it is where the ghost touches you. You die, but you do have a sanity meter that is displayed in the van. So usually, what will happen is if you look at the the ghost directly, your sanity will go lower. Staying in the dark will also lower your sanity. So it's almost like this strategy. Mm-hmm. So so usually a run will go like this. We will have one of the cameras. We will have the EMF reader. And as soon as we get any sort of uh, activity, all right, we'll be like, all right, let's put the camera down and let's put the, the book down and then go back to the van. And by the time we go back to the van, our sanity has already dropped by like 20. And so we're like, all right, we're all at 80. Let's go back in. And usually somebody will have way less sanity than the other. So then that guy becomes the person who sticks in the van as much as he can before we actually need him. Um, there's also like an activity detector uh, in the van that'll tell us that'll tell us if the ghost is acting up. So we will know it's like, okay, if we go into this room, activity just just spiked in the van. So that means that that room must be where the uh, ghost is. Um, and so far, it's, it's been it's mm. been incredibly fun. It's, it's definitely terrifying. The only issue that I have with it is that progression is very very slow, and it's not always apparent how. So so aside from from trying to figure out what kind of ghost it is, there are these side objectives, and one of the objectives that we've never figured out how like what the how to do is. You have to take a picture of a dirty sink. And every sink looks exactly the same whenever we turn it on. Mm. So it's obtuse in some ways that I'm sure we'll figure out at some point. But the progression isn't that great either. Even if you complete three objectives, you'll get some money in return to then buy more equipment for like your next ghost hunt. But that'll usually mean that like, oh, I can buy one stronger flashlight. I don't know. I, it's it's very fun. It's very terrifying, and it's wait. Is this free to play? No. Or so is, so or is it? It is. Uh, I think it's twenty dollars right now. It's in early access, but it's being developed by one guy, um, which is very very impressive. Uh, j- oh, damn. Just the, and it's it's funny how the, the game is very low budget, but the fact that it's so dark at, almost adds to the atmosphere a little bit. Yeah, it's. It's a great game. I I can't wait to play more and just we we're still in like house mode where we're just hunting houses. Apparently there's a prison. There's like barnyards that you can uh are farms where uh there's some ghosts. So I can't wait to get into that stuff. Some of the bigger stuff that you know we're going to need 50 cameras for, a bunch of crucifixes. There's Ouija boards that, that uh, some <laughs> some ghosts will will like use, utilize. Um yeah, it's a great game. I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, apparently, honestly, if it wasn't for the mic stuff, I'd be like, bring it to Switch. But it sounds like yeah. you need a mic. Uh, not that a mic is absolutely needed. I guess you could map that to a button press. The two questions you ask. I'm sure that could be replaced with a yeah, button. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that could be a. This button seems press great that, for Switch. Yeah, like, like if you think about like you know Among Us being menu, on Switch but... and like how multiplayer centric Switch is. Like this seems, and you know, even Dead by Daylight's on Switch. Like this just seems right up that alley. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but like I said, it is only being developed by one dude and. Yeah, he's. I'm sure he's trying to get the game out of early access before he brings it to. Um, oh, of course, of course. before he yeah, brings it to other consoles. Yeah, 
Oh, it's also it's also in VR, which man, I can't even imagine playing oh. that game in VR. We've been playing it just regular, you know, just on a on a monitor. So, oh man, but yeah, phasmophobia. VR sounds like it'd be a game changer. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was trying to figure out I, how to use my PS VR headset on the PC. It's so hard. It's so complicated. Yeah. I feel like there's like a few but it games. Is possible. Yeah, is it possible? It is possible. Actually possible. Yeah. Hmm. As I say, I feel like there's a few games that really like you play in VR. Or you know, there's a VR version. It just it doesn't compare. Like Super Hot, for example. I like that's on Switch. That's on other systems. But like I tried in VR, like on Oculus Two, and dude, Super Hot. So you feel like you're John Wick. Like it's so, and that's kind of someone who's never seen John Wick. But it's so, it's so fun. Just like you know, the, the, you're making the motions, you're catching guns in midair, you're shooting things. Like it's really, I can't after playing VR, cannot imagine playing it on like a Switch or a PC or a ps4 or whatever i imagine this is one of those things that once you try in vr you would never be able to play it in like normal flat screen world again yeah i i mean some games it's based on how you're describing it i I remember elvis had me try resident evil 7 in vr and like okay yeah i'm just definitely never touching this thing with the 10 foot pole in vr (laughs) i would lose my mind angel made me try it in vr too remember that angel that was that was good time i didn't react like your sister though angel because she like one of my favorite things to do practically (laughs) but but i definitely clenched my teeth when they went in to attack your teeth like when they try and pry your teeth in resident evil 7 um i don't think they've announced vr Mm. resident evil 8 i don't think they have which is uh interesting and Uh, yeah vr hasn't even come out of resident evil 7 to like they haven't even mentioned any plans for vr on ps5 vr is kind of backburnered again it feels like like the newest thing uh, for it is rogue squadron right that's probably it rogue squadron the, the star wars the only thing I could shooter think or not it wasn't rogue squadron it's not called rogue squadron like the, it's um, the cockpit of the it's not rogue squadron but yes oh the, squadrons the, you're right the, it, it's just star wars squadrons, squadrons yeah not rogue just squadron. normal not rogue <laughs> just, oh, just just a squadron <laughs> it's a squadron because yeah. <laughs> apparently that one is like amazing in vr because you know you're on the cockpit of a fighter i mean it's like I'm sure a lot of people's dreams. Yeah. Not uh, just a fighter, like a yeah. like an X Wing. The uh, the Oculus Quest two hopefully mm-hmm. will be the game changer because I, I remember the the Oculus Quest definitely had more people intrigued, especially since you didn't need a computer, it was all in the headset. But I'm hearing great, great things about the uh, Quest two, so hopefully Oh, the Quest 2 is great. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to try it a couple months ago. It's really cool. Um, and they do have a really good, like, onboarding to kind of give you, like, if you've never used VR, like, it's very friendly for people who haven't used VR about, like, how it works and how to, like, do things. Like, you're in this room, like, this little demo room, and they have, like, like pick up an airpl- a, a little toy airplane and throw it. They have you, like, catch things in midair. They have you mess with dials, and you really get a feel for the controls. And VR has come a long way in the sense of, you know, this is completely wireless it can sense your fingers on the controller. So, like, if you raise a finger, it will, like, raise a finger because there's a camera on the front of the headset. So, when you look down at your hands, it'll actually map your hands correctly. Um, it's it's really slick. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's still, like, VR, I don't think it's ever going to go quite as mainstream as people thought, like, five years ago. Because there's still that barrier of you're in, you're so in a world that you can't, like, there's no way to passively consume VR. And a lot of people want entertainment yeah, to be somewhat sure. passive. And I don't mean like a video game. A video game's active, but it's still passive in the sense of you can have a bag of chips next to you. You can text your friend while you're playing. You can, you know, answer the phone if you need to. Or like if a pet jumps on your lap, you're not going to not know what it is. But if you're in VR, yeah, you're really, you have to like dedicate yourself to, okay, I'm going in the zone. I need to be full, like 100% energy. Here we go. I mean, and I think, um, 
for a general population that has been a weird pill to swallow but oculus 2 is certainly the thing making the most moves in that direction it it exceeded facebook sales goals but i mean people go to movie theaters if they can do that they can dedicate they can dedicate an right but that's that's 18 bucks in right. a location where you're like sealed off and even then people can't do it they're still texting in movies they're eating while watching they're you know it's not like you're you're paying two hundred dollars to completely. I mean, they should, have, but yeah. <laughs> they should eat. That's how the movie theaters make their money. But uh, they shouldn't text. Yeah, but you're not, you're not paying two hundred bucks every time, though. But yeah, yeah, but but that's my point. You can do. I mean, it's like a one-time payment, and yeah. over time, like yeah, yeah, and but each game, right? Because you're paying for the system. Oh, you game. could watch movies in VR and replicate. See the that that screen. in the Oculus, like there was like yeah. there are these basically. Remember on the Wii U, they had like the uh, the Google Map experience where you like. Or like kind of in a bubble and you move the gamepad around. You could be like, oh, I'm in Rome. And it like walks you down like a street view path. They had a variant of that in the Oculus store. on the o- So it was downloaded on the Oculus I was trying. And they had a variant of like just, you know, like a video version of that where you're just like standing in a space and looking around and things are like flying by you and stuff. It wasn't that comp- – like it needs to be, I feel, catered to VR, not just kind of like, oh, well, it's like a normal 2D thing. It's just wrapped around you. And I, it, that's going to take a while for, you know, there needs to be a groundswell of an audience to support making things fully immersive versus just like, hey, here's Shark Week, except it's like you're on the boat. Just kidding. Now it's like you're swimming next to the shark. Just kidding. Now it's like you're uh, riding the shark, except all of it is happening whether you're interact with it or not. You're just kind of like in a 3D bubble. And that stuff is going to hold it back, I feel like, because a lot of people are going to think that's going to be like what VR is and not try you know, phasmophobia in VR, or try, um, you know, super hot or what have you. So that that's another hindrance. It's kind of a chicken and the egg problem. Like, who's going to make that content if no one's buying that content? But if people try the content and are impressed, they're not going to talk up the content. And it's kind of this weird, you know, catch twenty two. They're stuck in. Yeah. Now, now that yeah, I think about it, I actually yeah. do need a VR headset for the computer just so uh, hopefully I can see that eight foot tall lady in Resident Evil Eight. <laughs> Up close and personal. That, that Capcom had to put a statement out about, which is amazing. Which you... They actually like addressed it. The designer of the character. Oh no, she's nine foot Did six. Now that I think about it. Yeah, oh, he better. he put out a statement explaining the height and thanking everyone for their interest, which is a very gentle way to put that. Yeah, interest. Yeah. What would you get if you were to get a headset? Probably, probably the Quest Two, like, like a Quest or an, I guess an Oculus one or some other thing. No, yeah, an oh, okay. Oculus Quest too, because I do not yeah, have I mean, the you room. You also have the for, link, so yeah, I don't, I do not have the room for uh, like room scale stuff. So that means pretty much an HTC Vive is out of the way. Mm. A Steam, what's the Steam headset called? The Steam, literally Steam VR, isn't it? No, that's that's the they platform. Didn't give, they didn't give it a flashy name, did yeah, they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, uh, they did Steam. Oh. No, it's called something. The Valve Index. I'm there we go. It, it wasn't Valve Index. Oh, right, right, right. To be honest, the only one that seems to have even been doing Valve anything in terms of sales is Oculus. So you might as well get the front runner because that's got the most support in an already limited support ecosystem. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, but I, I don't yeah, know. I mean, like, like I, yeah. I also hear I like great the things quest, about like, you know, room scale. You have your portable mode or mm. right? Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Angel reverso <laughs> your your reverso strategy. So, oh, I hate this so much, Angel. Who said you do this, this so is much? Psychopath yeah. stuff. This is like I expect to find out you are a murderer, like a serial killer based on this. I mean, I still haven't done like the full like watching episode by episode backwards. Like that one I'm saving for Shit's Creek just when I have more time to do, which I feel is 
the worst, in theory, the worst of the two episodes I'm doing this to. I mean, two of the two shows to do it to, because, you know, that one is obviously much more episodic. South Park, which I'm talking about, is, I guess, the seasons I started this with, because, you know, I literally went for the most recent one, which was the quarantine special, which is referring to a special strand of weed that um, Stan's dad makes. But, um... Well, just to... Just to uh, um, yeah, there was definitely... Thesis, it's and I realize none of us explained what you're psychopathic about. You are watching shows from end to beginning instead of beginning to end. We never actually said it. So, now go ahead. I just want to make sure people listening knew what we were... Why we were calling yeah, you a psychopath. Did. <laughs> I did just say it, though. Did you? I said that I haven't done the full version of... Yeah, I, I said that for Shit's Creek, I was going backwards, like, episode by episode. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, My bad. Anyway... Yeah, in a nutshell, that's basically yeah. it. Um, but for South Park, um, I guess what I did instead, at least for these first few seasons, I watched the seasons in reverse. So I started with season, you know, I guess 24 was just one episode, but 23, I watched season 23 in order, but I watched that one first, and then I watched season 22, then 21, then 20. And the thing about these seasons in particular, I think beginning was 20 or 19. I think currently I'm on 18. But those were essentially like movies. Like they had an overarching plot. If you just started watching one like in the middle of the season, you probably would have a lot of questions as to what's going on, why certain characters are doing this and that. Like it's they have cliffhangers, like it's very interwoven and it was kinda jarring, but interesting. I felt like it kept me wanting to know more. Like as to like how things ended up like for example, like season twenty three. Like I guess um, Stan and his dad, I always forget his name. Randy? Yeah, Randy. I guess they've long moved to the outskirts of Colorado to start their own weed farm, Tegrity Farms. And I was just like, and you know, the intro changed. Like, it was like a brand new intro that whole season. And I was just like, oh, like, when did that happen? Why did that happen? And like, the show almost seemed to focus entirely on Randy for the most part. And there were some episodes, like, the B plots are what is easier to digest episode to episode because those are pretty much, I guess, on their own. Like, they have this whole, um, yeah, like, well, I guess besides, I guess, just, like, the the, the weed planting part, like, they also have the election thing going on, obviously, because, you know, as you know, like, South Park episodes are typically made in a week. And, yeah, they're extremely topical for the time. And, yeah, like, I thought, like, oh, Mr. Garrison is apparently president, and I guess he has, like, the Trump toupee, so, like, what the heck is going on with that and i get resolution to what happened at the end of the season but then i guess the weirdest part is when you go from like the last episode of season 23 where things are relatively resolved but then you jump to episode one of season 22 where you pretty much get like a hard reset that you almost have to try to remember what happened so you can be like oh okay that's right i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna find out what led up to you know randy getting his farm and it's interesting because you do get that. Like, it hasn't been jarring enough that it made me want to stop doing it this way. But it does... I don't know. It It's weird. It's like it gives me a weird, like, carrot at the end of the stick. Because, like I mentioned, it makes me want to find out why things... Like, instead of, you know, seeing where the show is going, I, sh- I guess it's, like, literally the opposite. It makes me want to see where the show was. Like, there was... Like, it's, like, season 22, like, I guess mainly focused on Amazon and... I guess, um, man bear pig, which was literally just, you can replace man bear pig with global warming. And that's literally what they were just talking about. Um, but then season 21, I guess was also just kind of all over the place. They introduced like a new principal at some point. Well, 
after all this, I was also wondering like who PC Principal was. He's like, I guess he's a new principal that gets like really in your face for mentioning anything. Like you know, if you say um, spokesman, he will he'll like literally. I think he literally beat up Cartman for saying the word salesman because he should be saying salesperson or something like along those lines. Like he put him in the hospital. But um, you know, then you still have like whole episodes that revolve around like a Whole Foods, like and how like I guess like the South Park town got gentrified. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's not as confusing as I thought it was gonna be, but it's definitely interesting. And it also just reminded me of how hilarious South Park was. I had seen I hadn't seen the show in a long time. It's kinda why I decided to do it with this one. Mm-hmm. And like even just like I don't know, simple like I guess like running jokes like Going back to the Whole Foods, they make a whole thing about um, when they get when they ask you at the checkout counter if you want to donate a dollar to charity, and how when you say no, they pretty much like make you feel really bad and they they go trip you and stuff like that. Not that they do that in real life, but you know they just exaggerated it because it's South Park. Does anyone else? That's but, a good point. Has everyone else found it weird how companies I, do that? They're like, hey, do you want to donate through us, and we'll get a tax break on your extra dime versus if you just did it on your by yourself. You can get the tax break. So they're actually saving money by raising money. And they do it under the guise of they're helping – you're helping people. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Just think about that. It's still better than you know not doing anything because a lot of people would never consider donating. But that's always been kind of a weird thing in the back of my mind. It's like you're just getting a tax break out of this. I've you never really thought care. about that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But, but I ruined it to, for everyone. To be, <laughs> I mean, you say that now, it's like, wow. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's, to, that's to, be fair, to be it fair. It is. Though. And honestly, it still raises more money than if they didn't but, do it at all. Yeah, but exactly. It's kind of, there's a, it's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. For yeah, sure. like, I, I'll i be that jackass where, like, I don't really donate to any causes, but as soon as, you know, somebody uh, who has the ideas that I also advocate for then is like, hey, I'm raising money for this charity, I'll be like, yeah, I'll donate to that. Yeah, and like even like restaurants do like you know, <laughs> but I'd say like restaurants often do the like roundup thing, like <laughs> roundup to nearest dollar, and we'll donate. It's like, well, yeah, I'm not gonna like, I would not normally be like, let me give to the L.A. food bank thirty three cents every time yeah, I exactly. get a burrito, but sure. But it is kind of funny that like it's not purely altruistic. Oh, fellow meditation, I think you're specifically talking about Chipotle. Eh? Is that the one? Uh, yes, in this instance, because I literally. <laughs> so- Yes, yes. I, I thought I said the name and I realized I didn't, but you're right. I am talking Chipotle. So, uh, this is going to bring you off tangent as we usually do. So we sorry, had, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Angel, but there's, <laughs> I, I ordered Chipotle through the app. Um, it's not good. Same. I mean, I pretty much said most of like, yeah. So I ordered Chipotle uh-huh. through the app and you get the points you, and stuff or what? Yeah, you get the points. Oh, I, I have so much freak walk saved up, but I don't actually <laughs> eat walk. <laughs> But thing. like I had ordered like you know a burrito, and I have a I have a Chipotle relatively close to home, so you know I gave my tip, and then it started pouring hard, and I was like, oh, there's and there's no way to modify your tip once you give it to Chipotle, so I gave this person what I think was a decent tip, but now that it's pouring rain, I was like, oh, had I known that was gonna happen, I would have definitely given them way more because. Mm. They're getting they're getting me food during a pandemic, and it's raining cats and dogs, and I just now they're gonna think that like man this guy just does not care. It made me feel so bad for that entire day. If it makes you feel better, a lot of people don't tip at all on those apps. Yeah, but I don't so. care about other people. <laughs> no, but my point is like that sets the barometer low. So if you give anything, 
you're already ahead of the game a little. Yeah, I guess. But but yeah, I get I get your point. I've had that same thing happen because the nice thing is like Uber Eats, for example, uh, you can actually modify the tip afterwards. So they have yeah, the exactly. review things, and I, I think you can at least. So yeah, like I've definitely in rainy days I've upped it, and and it's it's been nice. And they even let the driver tip you back or give you not tip you back; they just give you your money back. But they can actually like send you a thank you, and you get a push notification like your driver said thanks for the tip, which is yeah. a very small thing that actually makes a big impact in terms of like just like oh cool, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, absolutely. But yes, I uh, I also have a backlog of free guac because Chipotle just randomly throws free guac into the app every so often. So. Sorry, we derailed your conversation. Anyway, Nathan. South Park and South Whole Park. Foods and gentrification we, and yeah, continue. <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that I think we have access to like a guac tree, um, like you can. It's it's made from avocados, so you just need an avocado tree and you have a guac tree. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, avocado tree, avocado tree. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually we've had so much avocado lately. I'm actually starting to get kind of tired of it, but um. Anyway, but yeah, just like kind of like going off of that, like, I don't know, just just like how they keep like escalating the pressure to donate money. And in one instance, um, I guess um, Randy chooses not to donate. And I guess like when he gets his change, he has to like, I guess they attach like a cardboard, like a giant cardboard cutout of like a little girl with a sandwich in her mouth. And you have to pull the sandwich out of her mouth in order to get your change. And the sandwich was just like stuck in there really hard that he had to like put her like put his foot on her face and just like you know just like yank the sandwich out and they're like oh yeah you're gonna have to pull harder oh that's a hungry one and then you know he just like, gets the change and he just like leaves like all like annoyed in and a huff. messed up but damn but it's also in a way because like South Park is so topical and you know like so like literally of the moment watching them backwards is almost kind of like going through like a little time capsule of like what was big and what like was going on in those years because you kind of forget like oh that's right like there's a whole episode about like yelp reviewers kind of like being like this i guess like pretentious like people that just like go in and are, like oh i'm a yelp reviewer give me special mm-hmm. treatment i'm gonna give you a one star and you know cartman being cartman being like the worst person like taking advantage of like this restaurant getting all this free food and seeing that one of the kids from that mexican restaurant works at I mean, yeah, it goes to a school, you know, like abusing that power, like, hey, uh, say this like humiliating thing for me and or else I'll give your parents a one star review. But I don't know, definitely. I don't know, just forget how funny and wacky the characters are in the show, especially like, oh, man, Carmen is just I forgot just how terrible of a person he is. Like, and I know like that's a whole thing, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like much worse. It's like, I, I don't know, I, I guess I just had like this. Not as, but I thought like, like you know, there's like your classic like, sort like I guess self-centered asshole characters from television. You have like your benders and stuff, but yeah, I don't think anyone comes close to Cartman. Jesus. Well, no, he but, literally made some kids yeah, into. And I saw him revisiting his parents into I mean, I find... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 literally. Andrew, have you ever seen a documentary That's of so how they make an episode so quickly? It's really interesting because you're saying, you know, like it's so timely and topical. Like that's one of the things I've always been impressed with with yeah. South Park is that the speed that they do it. Like if anyone out there hasn't seen that documentary, it's, it's really interesting how they mm. turn it around. It's on HBO Max. I mean, that's why I mentioned that like they usually make an episode in one week. Cause I think the the documentary is called Seven Seven Days to Air. Yeah, yeah, like that. But. No, yeah, it's great. And it's also just cool just, you know, hearing them do the voices and just the advancement they've done in the animation and keeping things limited. But 
like it's also interesting going backwards because you see like they go into way more detail in a lot of these character models that it almost feels like they're just adding more work to themselves like there's been way more times in the newer seasons than the older ones i mean i'm not an 18 so we're back to episodic episodes or episodes that aren't really connected to each other that much so watching them in any order doesn't really matter but you know in typical South Park fashion, when characters walk, they just kind of bob up and down. But in the later seasons, like, especially, like, mainly Randy, like, almost exclusively walks, like, you know, like a normal person. Like, his legs actually move independent of each other. And certain characters actually do have, like, more intricate independent movements. And, I don't know, like, it definitely, they're definitely using it to their advantage if, you know, you could make someone look more cocky or confident or conceited like by you know making them do a more specific strut than just bobbing up and Mm -hmm. down so you know they're definitely taking advantage of that but i don't know it's definitely interesting just seeing like how much how i guess it's how like the i guess the technology is maybe advancing that they could just do that a lot faster because the production values are just getting higher and higher well i guess but the way i'm watching it they're getting lower and lower you psycho you serial you know know what this is because you're like oh well (laughs) i'm doing it first with south park because and and i'm keeping it within the episode within the season i'm going forward but i'm going backwards for season this is like the serial killer who like starts by like as a kid like killing small woodland creatures and you find him in the forest you're like oh this guy has this guy's gonna be a bad person like that's you right now and then it'll escalate to serial killing when you do Shit's Creek fully backwards you are you are you're the phase where like in every murder mystery they're like oh he used to skin squirrels or something that's you right now just letting you know i think i i mean have you seen that documentary on netflix um don't 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 kill cats on the i I have not i I saw that (laughs) i I saw that like two weeks ago it's like graphic isn't it i mean that's pretty much what you described you know he starts with like he starts with cats and then he slowly escalates to people yeah um, angel that's you with south park right now and then next to shit's creek like they they never show any of the <laughs> cat what, like brutalization or the cat. Oh, kills. good. They, okay. they never show the cat kills. Yeah. I think I, you get I like glimpses of the dead they cats. Show, they show yeah, the they corpses, show the, like before yeah, and after corpses. Oh, but they don't yep. Not show. watching that. As someone that has three cats in his apartment, they 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 that. very nope. they very clearly, uh, I guess, show you when they're about to kill the cat. So you could just look away and you'll know to to look away. Yeah, still not doing it. I don't need. I have enough cat drama going on in my apartment, so I don't need to. You also kind of. They also show you like moments before, like a person gets murdered, like on the bed, like stabbed. Oh, I forgot about that too. Yeah. Oh, that I'm okay with. It's always the cats. I'm like, I'm good. Like, sure, murder people, whatever. But the cats, mm, how dare you? funny how you become a cat person yeah it's yeah it's it's it's. I never thought I used to be a dog person. I still like dogs, but yeah, now I live with three cats. Who would have thought? How's that been going for you? <laughs> it's well, more like three cats live with you. Yeah, three cats with me. <laughs> it's okay. So all the cats. It's it's. Did you know? Okay, did you know that like if you groom a cat and they get shampooed, there's like decent chance that the other cats it lives with will not know who it is and they'll all hate each other because that's what happened. These cats. So we have a mom cat and two kittens that are kittens of said mom, so they're family. And we went and got the kitten's uh, claws trimmed, I guess, nails cut. I don't know what you would call it. But for the mom, she's a Persian cat with very thick, like almost like cotton candy-like fur. So we got her uh, dematted, like her hair rolled like clump and uh, shampooed. Should have been fine. She walks into the apartment again. Well, doesn't walk in. She comes in a carrier. And then we take her out and she walks around. The kids come up and kind of smell her because like, what? Who, what's going on? You smell different. 
And the mom, because she's agitated from getting shampooed, kind of swipes at one of the kids and is like, back off. And then the kid comes back like, what, what's going on? Like, why are you like this? And just like, uh, like hissing, growling, chasing fight breaks out. This is in December. It's now, what, what's the day this episode goes up? Uh, the 21st of February and we still have to keep the cats separated. So the two kittens are fine with one another. The mom, anytime she sees them as recently as yesterday, uh, will, chase them and corner them and a whole lot of fur goes flying and there's a lot of hissing and growling and weird guttural noises you didn't know cats can make and it's really sad because it's like you know the mom of these kittens the kittens still kind of know it's mom the mom knows it's her kittens they don't smell different but she's just so agitated by being agitated that one time and now it's like sort of perpetuating in her head and it's just like this whole thing and there's we've tried all sorts of different ways we basically have to reintroduce the mom to the kittens as if you're bringing a new cat home for the first time which includes keeping them in separate rooms and then like moving the food closer together but that hasn't worked you know like you've you know like two food bowls one on each side of the door um so now we have literally hired uh you know this was real a cat behaviorist to help us, like, kind of coach us through, because there's, like, a bunch of different factors at play. Like, maybe you guys hired a cat whisperer? Literally. Yep. Yep. And it was really fun, because we were, like, looking up, like, who, what to do, because we were like, like, oh, some the show? Like, like did he come with a... One that this woman's like, oh, I use the blah, blah, blah method, like the Kingsburg Noro method or something. And we're like, what is that? And then <laughs> we scroll up to the pop page, we're like, oh, that's just her last name. She's literally making up her own method, but okay. But she had a lot of good reviews and is very good at what she does. So yeah, we're apparently. So we're trying that. Um, and it's crazy because it's been three months of a mom and the kittens, all one family, always be super close, super friendly. And then just one day, literally flip of a switch. It's like they don't even know each other. And it's mostly the mom that's the agitator and the kittens are just trying to like stay safe. So they never really strike back, but they... Have you tried yeah, grooming the it's, mom? It's not great. What have you given Again? them the equal smell? Well, so there's a lot of factors at play. Because now the concern is if we were to groom the kittens with the same shampoo as the mom, the kittens won't reckon... We're worried they won't recognize each other. Because one nice thing they do currently is the kittens have each other's backs. Like when they, when something happens with mom or when they're cautious about something, one of them will kind of... Like they'll go together... They'll sort of scope it out and then they'll do this adorable little nose bop to each other where they could like get a quick sense, uh, smell of each other to confirm, okay, we're safe. We're good. So we're worried if we disrupt that, we're not going to have to keep three cats in three separate rooms. Cause right now the kittens are like a single unit and the mom's the isolated one. And we do rotate, you know, the kittens sometimes get to have, uh, the majority of the apartment and then the mom's in the bedroom and then we switch them. So the mom gets some room to move around and the kittens get to you know hang out in the bedroom where they have a nice cat tower and stuff but it's a weird situation and apparently to your point about the scent they also have to rub up against each other and stuff like there's like pheromones they produce that aren't just in shampoo so even if we did just a shampoo again the pheromones gone what if... and they could all have a collective scent of something different but it's not like oh you're a fellow cat it's like what are you so what if it's it's messy Hmm. What if you blindfold them? <laughs> you blindfold them, and you yeah. rub them up against each other. So <laughs> there's a better way to do that, where you just take a towel or a brush and you brush <laughs> them, and then you brush them with the same towel. You don't need a like no, 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 magic no, no, trick. No, no. No, but, uh, <laughs> you got to cut out the middleman. All right, you got to cut out the. So brush. Are, are you are you imagining like it's like it's like the cats are basically defibrillators, and you're rubbing them against each other, and then clear, and suddenly they're fine essentially yeah. it's like right you blindfold yeah. them you tie them up so you know so that they don't attack you tie them up my god yeah, you tie them up you really did just watch the cat killer show didn't and you? then you <laughs> and yeah you rub them up against each other 
And yeah, you know. so conceptually, yes, that's ultimately what we need to do is get familiar with each other's scent. But also, there's a visual element. So they only identify each other by scent, but they like in a way of like familiarity. But they can sense like there's apparently, as I'm learning from our cat whisperer, um, one thing they need to do is understand if the other cat's not a threat. So if they see the other cat. Mainly, they will freak out, like, uh, the mom, Nutmeg. So the, the cat's name's Nutmeg's the mom, then there's Coco and Rafiki, who are the kids, named after Disney characters. Um, originally there were six kittens, four now are with other people. Um, actually two of them are with a Disney Channel star. So, and his mom, oh. who's also an uh, actress. So, that's kinda cool. Um, if anyone's ever seen the Disney Channel original movie Zombies, he's the main dude in that. And he's now on, like, other stuff, and is, like, actually potentially Zombies. becoming bigger than Disney Don't Channel. You- it must have been way it's a musical about it's a musical uh, about racism under the guise of um zombies versus non-zombies like humans need to accept their zombie neighbors not kidding real thing i watched it after okay way past there's our a sequel time. it's big big enough that there's a sequel um but yeah i i ended up watching it after we met him oh. because i was like oh well if this is the guy taking care of these kittens that the mom birthed i should probably see what he's all about so um the answer he's about singing and dancing about unity through zombies. Anyway, um, so uh, where was I going with this? Wasn't that the plot? Oh yeah, it's the mom nutmeg sees the kittens. It's not far removed, gotcha. but this one's a musical. Warm Bodies is not. Gotcha. Yeah, it's Santa High School. It's I'm, I'm telling you, it's like the zombie wants to be a football player, and like he's dating a cheerleader who's a human, and like everyone's like, "Oh, you're a zombie. You can't be a football player." And he's like, "Why not? Aren't we all like people?" And they're like, "No, you're literally a zombie." And he's like, "Oh." And that's the, that's the movie. <laughs> but, I didn't think um, you were. I mean, actually, as like an allegory for like kids to like like you know ex- embrace differences and stuff is actually pretty well done. But it's it's such a silly premise. Anyway, so the mom, if she sees the kids, if Nutmeg sees Rafiki or Coco, um, she will just lunge at them. So you're right, Ken. There is an element of visual. So one of the things the cat whisperer toss is you have to show them that like the cats will move around and be cat like, but they won't necessarily go at each other because they are wired to think if they see each other, they attack each other. So if we have the mom, this is real, on a leash with a harness, and she sees the kittens who are in an enclosed space across the room playing with a toy, you can slowly sort of undo the conditioning that's been done from that initial interaction. So it could take up to three months. So um, I'll report back well after our one-year mark of QC. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, it's, a, unless... it's a weird scenario. Cool. And unless we want to discuss anything Jeez. else, I think that'll do it for this episode. Uh, just people, just like, don't wash your okay. cats. That's the takeaway. <laughs> That's all I have. Don't wash your cats. Don't wash your... Why? But yeah, See, you I think that... You could have saved that for the end, so now I'm going to need you to think of... Come up with something else? Yeah. Oh. Oh, I got, I got... Do I have something? Hmm. I'll think about it while you do all the plugs and stuff. All right, cool. Angel, did you have anything to add? Um, no. Just, damn. Cats sound um, weird. Yep, cats sound weird. Definitely that's fun damn. in small doses. But Dude, no, that's the thing is they're all... Story. Okay, I'm, I'm diving back in for a sec. They're all they're... incredibly loving and affectionate to us, just <laughs> not to each other. And the kittens love each other, but like it's super weird because like, she'll lunge at them, the mom, and then I'll pick her up and be like, what are you doing? And she'll start licking my face and purring. Like it's there's like a there's like a... Why don't you just let no, her lunge? Just no, because the kittens her... get hurt. Like one of them yesterday... To let her get it That's out of her system. You can't. They don't settle. It just becomes worse if you do that. It's not like dogs where if they, you know, go at it for a minute, they'll be like, whatever, and move on. They will kill each other? Not saying? necessarily kill, but they'll def- it definitely does not. It gets worse. It gets worse. I don't know about death, Make but like worse. no one's blood yet. And I'm worried if you let mm-hmm. go and what we've been advised, if you let go, there could be blood. There will be blood. 
I drink your milkshake, et cetera, et cetera. I drink your milkshake, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There will be blood. I'm glad, I'm glad you picked up on that, Kevin. I, I love There Will Be Blood. Oh, it's such a good movie. Um, yeah, right? Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, next week, we will have a brand new episode of Random Nintendo where we will be discussing the Nintendo Direct that happened on, what, when was it, Wednesday? This past Wednesday? Yes, sir. It was on uh, Thursday. No, it was Wednesday. You're right. It was Wednesday. Yeah, so this Wednesday. Because I had a conflicting meeting and it was heartbreaking. I will most likely be talking about Persona 5 Strikers. Uh, what oh, else nice. is there in that episode? There is, I believe, Angel has a Neo Geo game that he's checking out. And there's, and I'm probably going to play the uh, Project the one uh, was Triangle expecting. Strategy demo <laughs> by then. So lots of little things. Cool, cool. So, uh, yeah, check that out. And two weeks from now, brand new episode yeah, of yeah, Wars and Chronicles. I'm sorry? Square Enix and their names. <laughs> oh, yeah. Square Enix and their names. No, I just said that studio's on point yeah. with names. Any game that's logo is just like Times New Roman with an underline by Square Enix is the stupidest name. That's basically the <laughs> There's like four games in now with these dumb names. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So go ahead, follow us on your favorite podcasting app. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts. Tune in, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Uh, I keep forgetting all of them. I think that's all of them. No, I think you got them. All right, cool. Uh, on YouTube, we are RandomNintendo.com. On our Twitter, we are at RandomNintendo. Individually, we are JSR7 for Jason, W-E-I-R-O underscore O for Angel. I am KVN Gomi. And, yeah, that'll do it for this episode. Jason, take us out. I'm going to bring it full circle. We started talking about how people intro YouTube videos. We're going to end it with what else? Smash that like button. Ring that bell. Be sure to subscribe. Etc. Etc. Et